You're listening to Mapleview Community Church Podcast. We're going to be getting right into our wind and fire message this morning, uh, part two of the May theme from the fire orchard, and we'll connect a bit of the mum's uh, day here a little bit further into the, into the message. But uh, the gardener has planted each of you in a fertile soil. I mean, it does not have to be uh, soil that's bad. It is good soil. You are good soil, and the seed that God has put in your heart is good. The prophet Jeremiah says this. He says, but listen, this is a word for you. Like, Just imagine the prophet speaking this on God's behalf to you. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Lots in there. Who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. And let me tell you, I thought the, the, the group, the, all the musicians and the singers and everybody playing, they had a confidence here this morning that they, they didn't look tentative. Whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. So, you know, Jeremiah sends out his, I, it does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It's amazing when the heat comes, it's still all green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. That's who you are. That's who we are as a body of Christ. When you have Jesus living in you, the, the, the heat may come, the challenge may come, but you still remain vital and vigorous. The root system of a tree is created to seek water. The root system of a human heart, I believe, is created to seek after God. Something in your heart longs for the Lord. Jesus calls himself, and the, you know, he, he's, the, he's the greatest botanist out there. He, 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 you know, the horticulturist. He knows, he created life and understands it. So is it any wonder that he calls himself the living water? Like, it's amazing how intricate the Bible begins to be woven together. The more you get into it, the more you understand it, the more it's woven together. It is not just a, 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 a bunch of fables linked together. This is a powerful, powerful book. Like the deer panting for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. That's what our soul longs for Jesus. I remember way back in the years, a long time ago now for me, 40 years ago, in my years of loneliness and challenge and confusion, I discovered that my soul was desperately seeking after Jesus all those years, and I didn't know, but it was. But And only when I became rooted and grounded in Jesus did I begin, begin to discover my life's purpose and that God had plans for me. Only then when really rooted, and it took some time to, to grow into that, only then will Jesus uh, call you Oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. See, that's what he wants to call you. He wants to see you as an oak of righteousness, a planting of the Lord. In Scripture, Jesus was the living water that reached out to the woman at the well. A great story, a great uh, visual, oh, just a, a narrative, an epic journey of a woman who had gone through all kinds of trials and struggles and challenges, and then Jesus showed up at the well, and he said, I am the living water. He was the healing leaf that touched the leper on the road, that, that man who was, who, who was mis, mis, disfigured and, and, and an outcast in society, and he was alone and by himself, and he had to call out, I'm a leper, wherever he went, and people would flee just at his mere presence. But Jesus was, the, was the, the, the healing leaf that touched him and healed him and made him whole. He wants to do that for our lives, too. 
He was the tree of life that called Zacchaeus the tax collector, that, that sinner. Tax collectors were considered sinners uh, in, in Jewish culture. They were just selfish for selfish game. And, and yet Jesus was that tree of life calling Zacchaeus down from his perch in the branch to meet Jesus personally, to come and have dinner with him. And it's Jesus who looks toward you right here, right now, wherever situation you're in. It's Jesus, not, not me, not, not anybody. Jesus looks at your situation and says this. He says, come and abide with me and I will abide with you and you will produce much fruit for my Father's glory. Ah, you are a fiery fruit in the fire orchard of God and can be used for him for special needs and all kinds of things. That your, your life is not just, just, just coincidental. It's not accidental. You have a purpose this morning. So he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit might be saying. But first, a joke. It's my last chance to kind of tell a joke on Lori Lynn before she comes back from her holiday. So thought I better do it. She probably is watching somewhere online right now. But a, a mother named Lori Lynn had just returned home from a holiday cruise when she was startled by a burglar. Pausing, not knowing what to do, she yelled, Stop! Acts 2.38, which says, Turn from your sin. The burglar stopped in his tracks. Lori Lynn calmly called the police and explained what she had done. As the police officer was taken away, the burglar, he asked, Why did you give up? All she did was yell at you, a scripture, yell a scripture at you. Scripture, replied the burglar. She said she had an axe and two 38s. <laughs> tricky Lori Lynn. She could be dangerous out there, you know. Well, last week I introduced you to what I called the, the fire orchard. And uh, I shared an uh, the importance of bearing spiritual fruit for the master gardener. I mean, he was the one that created the Garden of Eden. He was the one that walked in the garden, enjoyed the presence of his creation in that garden. It, it was no accident. It was on purpose. And that the only way, way that we can bear fruit for God is by being rooted and grounded in him, abiding in him. Our theme verse for the month is where Jesus tells us, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me and I in you abide, we stay there. We get there, we stay in Jesus. You will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, the fruit I'm suggesting that you, are to, you and I are to bear is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. Faithfulness is in there too. Just like the iPhone that needs charging every night to be fully charged for the next day and, and work. It needs to be plugged in at night. And we need to plug into Jesus, into our power source. And, and uh, you know, we need to do that. You, you're going to be powerless unless you plug in. So to become a tree of righteousness in the fire orchard with all those producing the fire fruit of the spirit, you're going to have to continue to grow in the Lord. It's not just a one-time moment where you give your life to the Lord and then you stop and everything's good. No, you must open yourself up to growing in God. And so today, as we celebrate this most special day, Mother's Day, there really is a connection to the fire orchard. For the fruit of the womb is arguably the most valuable and precious of any fruit you can find on the entire planet. Because the Bible calls you and I the, the crown of creation. 
Mankind is the crown. He's, he looked after everything. He said, you know, if you read through the passage of Genesis, he said, that is good, that is good. When he came to creating man, he said, that is very good. You're the very crown of creation. You're precious in his sight. Now, you've probably never heard the name Anna Marie Jarvis. Maybe some of you have. But Anna Marie Jarvis is credited with being the founder of Mother's Day. Now, it's almost for certain that other people had celebrated mothers uh, long before Anna Marie, but uh, she is the one credited with um, getting the official designation passed in the U.S. Congress by President Woodrow Wilson that he signed in 1914 as a congressional uh, resolution, officially making the second week of May, second weekend of May, National Mother's Day. She, she, Anna Marie Jarvis loved her mother. Her story is quite incredible. It's quite a, an interesting story. I can't go into all the details, but it's really quite incredible. And Anna Marie Jarvis loved her mother dearly. And after her death in 1905, she labored tirelessly to get this put in place by Congress. She, her mother actually passed away May 9th, 1905. So many years before, almost 10 years later, she got this pass. It's why it's May 9th. It was close to her mother's day or her mother's passing. And she just labored and labored and labored after her mother's. Because, because of her mother's effort, Anna Marie Jarvis's mother, Anna Reeves was Jarvis, was actually an incredible woman herself. And she wanted to, Anna Marie, the daughter, wanted to recognize all of her mother's work. The fact of the matter is, Anna Marie, her mom, her, her mom, they're close in name, so I, don't, I want you to kind of follow me here. Anna Marie, her mother, and uh, Reeves Jarvis had 13 children born to her. She was a Methodist minister's daughter who was a tireless social activist who fought, this woman fought in the 19th century to improve health and sanitary conditions for both men and women. Tirelessly she worked at it. But being a mother, and as many of you know, has never been easy. It's never been easy. But in that day, in the 19th century, it was brutal. It was so challenging, especially for Anna Reeves Jarvis, Anna's mother. And today, if you can imagine, Mom, I, 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 not, don't imagine too hard, but if you can imagine putting yourself in Anna Marie's mom's shoes for just a moment, you would deal with the grief of 10 of your 13 children not surviving into adulthood. That's got to be an unbearable thought. That, that, that's why you can't imagine. I can't even imagine one. What a challenge. 10. They died of diseases such as measles, typhoid fever, diphtheria. Epidemics like those were common in the 19th century. In fact, seven of her children died before Anna Marie was even born. Yet her mom continued to be this incredible inspiration to her in all kinds of ways. She worked tirelessly in Sunday school, lecturing and caring for the soldiers on both sides of the Civil War. She just loved everybody, cared everybody, was able to remain neutral through that very, very difficult time. And it was her prayer of her mom's when she was a young girl in Sunday school that actually inspired her to fight to get Mother's Day officially recognized. Her prayer went something like this. 
I hope and pray, this is Anna Marie Jarvis's mom who prayed this. I hope and pray that someone sometime would found a memorial Mother's Day commemorating her matchless service she renders to humanity in every field of life, for she certainly is entitled to it. That prayer inspired Anna Marie Jarvis to fight for Mother's Day. And it was not an easy thing. It took years and years of struggle. Imagining now, it's hard to imagine all these little nuances of our days that what went into them long before. Anna Marie's story is really quite remarkable. She herself would never be married and never have children. But until her last dying days in 1948, she would honor her mother. It's quite a story. Proverbs tells us the seeds of good deeds become the tree of life. The seeds of good deeds, mom. Your good deeds matter. The way you treat, and, and listen, by extension, all of us, Proverbs is speaking to all of us, but today especially, mom, your deeds matter. How you seed this world, how you share, how you love. Moms have always played an incredible vital role in the fire orchard of God. The Bible says this, in Psalms 127, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is, a, is their reward. It's a special, it, incredible, powerful. It was the daughter of Eve that was given the most sacred of tasks that I could think of in the entire Bible. Mary. Her name was Mary, and she would be given the most she would become the most famous mother by giving birth to Jesus, the Son of the Living God. Could, I couldn't think of a greater assignment given to any human in the entire world, from cover to cover, than that of being the mother, and in this case, the mother of Jesus. Your assignment is huge. Don't let anybody downplay. And with all the gender challenges, moms, you're an amazing, amazing person. The labor pains that God gave to Eve in childbearing would be the labor pains that Mary would experience giving birth to Jesus. Same ones. And I can't go into all the details, but you can maybe get a glimpse of this. A mother's life is one of both suffering and service. Both can be found in a mother's life. And just like Mary, every mother in this place was chosen by God. That's an amazing thought. You were chosen by God. Now, I'm taking this next scripture a little bit out of context, but it does, it does apply. It absolutely applies. From, again, from John chapter 15. I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit shall abide. That's you, Mom. You're to bear fruit in the fire orchard of God. The labor pains in childbearing, childbearing have elements both of agony and beauty within them. The Bible says this. This is actually found in Scripture. It's amazing the intricacy of Scripture. I mentioned the botanist, the horticulturist, the, the doctor, the, the great physician. He says this. When a woman is giving birth, Jesus, these are words from Jesus. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered that baby, her anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby into the world. You know, I've never gone through labor. I don't know, but I've witnessed it a few times. And my wife and my children and who give birth to my grandchildren now, I've never heard them talk about the pain of, labor, of the labor of child. But I have talked 
they have heard them talk about the joy of seeing that little baby. It's clearly seen in childbirth, but to produce any type, any type of lasting fruit for the kingdom of God, there's going to be both moments of suffering and service. Both are going to be present. Agony and moments to produce fruit as well as beauty. Anna Marie Jarvis's mother can attest to that, losing 10 of her children. She knows. So let me just pause, and if you'll allow me the privilege of acknowledging of one of my most favorite mothers on the planet uh, by sharing a few words, sharing by the fruit of her womb. Of course, this is Jody, but these are from my kids to my wife this morning. My daughter, Brooke, writes this. Mom came across a post sharing about mums, and I thought I would write my own version. The first person I call is mum. When I wake up in the morning, when I don't understand how to do my taxes, when I need advice on how to care for my kids, when I need direction on how to make one of your recipes, when I'm driving and want someone to chat with, when something exciting happens, when something sad or unexpected happens, when I'm anything, really, the first person I call is you, Mom. Thank you, Mom, for always picking up when I call. Sometimes even it's more than just a few times a day. Thank you for being the consistent, loving voice at the other end, the voice that listens, encourages, champions, and prays. You truly are an incredible mother and the best example of how I want to raise my love or my, raise and love my kids. I love you, Brooke. Taylor. Taylor says this. Taylor's more of the author, so it's a bit longer. When I utter the word mom, I am speaking of my best friend, the one person in the world who knows me better than myself, who has seen me at my best and worst, my highest and lowest, who I've disappointed the most but also made the proudest. Despite the roller coaster, she has never walked away but loved me through it all. When I say the name mom, I am speaking of my trailblazer, the one who went before me and did everything in her power to give me every opportunity. She taught me the life skills for my future. She prepared me for hardship. Sometimes she allowed me to get hurt and make mistakes so I would learn, grow, and overcome. She went before me with the hope and expectation that one day I might go beyond her. When I say mom, I'm speaking of my counselor, the one who listens without judgment, speaks with wisdom and knowledge, the one who relates to my emotions but prompts me toward kindness, patience, and forgiveness the one who encourages my dreams and challenges me to greatness. She never leaves me where I'm at, but always meets me where I am. When I talk about mom, I'm speaking about my teacher, the one who has shown me what it means to be selfless and sacrificial, the one who has exemplified an unwavering faith and deep love for the Lord. She's the one who has taught me what it means to be a good wife, what it means to love my husband. And now I am a mother myself, and I can only pray that one day my children will be able to say these things of me. And if they do, Mom, it's because of you. Thank you for loving me so well all of my life, for being not just a friend to me, but everything else too. You're exactly what God had in mind when he created mothers, and I'm so blessed to be your daughter. And thank you for now stepping into the role of Grandma with the same ease, grace, and love. I love you, Mom. Cassidy. Thank you, Mom, for being my biggest cheerleader. You have always set an example how to lead a family. 
how to love unconditionally, and how to show abundance of grace. As a young girl, you were always there to take good care of me and our family. What I did not realize as I grew up, that I would need you even more in deeper and more meaningful ways. Through the toughest of moments and the darkest of days, you are always a solid rock for me. You have compassion that is never-ending and the silent strength that is rooted in firm foundation in the Lord. I'm realizing more and more just how truly blessed I am to have you as my mother. I am blessed to have you not only as my mother, but also as my role model and best friend. I love you more. I love you longer. Those are three messages from my kids to my wife and what she does. So God bless you. She truly has been an inspiration. As you can see, I don't think I'm even needed. <laughs> no, that's not true. But uh, just Jody has been an inspiration to me as she's mothered and helped me understand what a real precious mother is. But dear moms, all of us together, you may fall short from time to time of being the best mother in the world, but you never need to fall short of giving your best to your children. Waking up and giving your best. Giving your best. Can I also say, Mom, that you never need to stop believing that God can refresh you. Maybe there's been moments and weeks or seasons, I don't know, where you haven't felt like you have been the best. That's all right. God can redeem that right now. Never stop believing that you can be used by God to inspire and challenge and transform your children. And never stop believing in the fruit of your womb, Mom. To, to the point you trusting and believing that God can do anything in your child's life. I, I came across a, an interesting story a while back that kind of suggests this in a special way. It was a true story of the ancient Chinese bamboo tree. And I, had to, I read the story and I said, that cannot be true. But all of my research absolutely says it is true. And quite obviously, if you adhere to the creation story, in which I do and the Bible talks about, the planting of the Chinese bamboo tree was a planting of the Lord. And a part of the fire orchard that I call the fire orchard it was tended at some point in time by Adam. Now, it's a very interesting story. The Chinese bamboo tree teaches us lessons about the growth and development of the fire fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. Faithfulness is in there too somewhere. Like all plants and trees in the fire orchard, the Chinese bamboo tree requires nurturing. All planting of the Lord, all those little planting of the Lord require nurturing. They require water. They require fertile soil, sunshine. To make them flourish. All of those things that go into it. Now the interesting thing about the Chinese bamboo tree. In the first year, there are no visible signs of any active development. For a whole year. You've planted it. You've watered it. You tend it. And nothing happens. Nothing is seen. The whole first year. In the second year, no growth again. You planted it, but absolutely nothing comes through the soil. It's, it's invisible. Can't be seen. In the third year, still nothing. Nothing pops through the soil. All your energy, the patience, the tending to this little seed in seed form, all that you need to do. You don't see any fruit at all in any kind of way. Your patience will be tested. All of those things. Is anything really happening in this tree? 
the third and fourth year, no, no signs at all. I'd give up on the Chinese bamboo tree. Finally, in the fifth year, presto, growth. And what growth it is, the Chinese bamboo tree grows 80 to 90 feet tall in just six weeks. It's incredible. It's like, come on. 90, 90 feet, 80 to 90 feet tall in just six, six weeks. Mom, you are the first tree in the fire orchard that your kids will ever see. What you plant, how you nourish, how you care, how you love. Your actions are going to reflect abiding in Christ or not. And like God, you must never grow impatient with that planting. Never, never grow impatient. Don't stop believing. Don't stop praying. Keep doing what is right all the time. Do things, do things that God will honor. Keep your life right before Jesus. Abide in the vine. And there will be things happening in your children's life that you can't even know. It's not seen. It's not understood. It's invisible. And it's not about making them right. It's about you being abiding in the vine. It's about you walking by faith even when you can't see the results. Because your children are watching a lot closer than you might think. And it's never too late, Mom, to start abiding in the vine. It's never too late to change a life. It's never too, light, too late to redeem a soul. God is so powerful. He can do things so quickly, so amazingly. And some of you may have been praying and may be still praying for your children. They may be closer to God than you think. They may be ready to pop through the soil at any time. It's one of the secrets of abiding in the vine. It's one of the secrets of the fruit you produce. When you are abiding in the vine, he's always working, always acting, always watering, always pruning, always shaping, always growing the fire fruit of the Spirit. Growing. I said it earlier, you have to be open to growing. If your heart is not open to growing, how are you going to produce that fruit ongoing? It's not a one-time thing where you give your life to Jesus and then you just sit around and do nothing. No, you must become active, obedient in service, suffering and service to the kingdom of God. Some way, don't just be passive. There may be trees in the fire orchard that occasionally you might see seem to think are truly barren, like, oh my goodness, my child is just not coming around. Just like the Chinese bamboo tree. Maybe closer to you think than popping through the ground. May even happen tomorrow. Well, how do we plant a forest? How do we up, can you can you uproot a forest in a single moment? You say, "Oh, that's impossible." I challenge that. It's all about timing, because a forest is in seed form at one time, and if you don't seed, throw the seed out, you'll never have the forest. You you can literally. Decide what to do with a forest in seed form, whether you plant it or whether you tear it up. It's within your power. I want you to be the seeds of new life. What we saw here, the young people, uh, you look through and almost every one of them, I think actually every one of them, I know their parents, they're all musicians. 
They're all singers. They're all worshipers. They're all, they have that bent. What you seed, you have the power. You have, you have love in your hand. You have the joy. You are the tree of righteousness. You have these fruit growing in you. You have the seed to the next generation of hope and possibility. You hold moms, dads, by extension, all of you in this place. But again, moms, seed of love and compassion, the seed of joy, patience. Patience is another one. I, I mentioned the three last week. I just want to add three more this week on the fire uh, to the fire orchard of what we want to be growing for God. Patience is one of them. And I mentioned last week that the fruit is powerful. It's strong. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's militant. It has strength within it. It says, Proverbs 25, through patience, a ruler can be persuaded. Persuaded. There's that idea of influence, exhorting, winning over. Patience can win over. Kindness. Hosea chapter 11, verse 4. I led them with cords of human kindness. Are you moms and dads and everybody? Are you sowing seeds from your fruit tree of kindness? Not only to those in your family, but to those you see. Are they getting glimpses of your kindness and your gentle? All these things that you have the seed to sow the next generation to grow up. You, have it, you can make a forest of kindness if you let go of some kind. Uh, share some of your kindness seeds with others. You have that ability, growing the tree of kindness in your heart and reproducing it. Goodness. Oh, mighty man, the goodness of God endureth continually. Goodness is that you, you have that in you. Are you good? Are you, are you, for, are you putting down the acts of the flesh, the rage and the anger and the quick responses and the fast, fast words and, and speaking words of life. You see, you have the seeds within you to reproduce the fruit of the fire orchard and your children are a lot closer than you think. Endureth is withstanding, it's surviving, it's persisting, it's lasting. That's what, that's what goodness can do. It can continually be brought to bear in the life of your children and the life of your community, the life of your home, all those different things. But like anything, it's not easy. It's sacrifice, it's service. Sometimes it's suffering and service. But it all comes down to how much you can open your heart. It's the one thing God can't do a miracle in. It's up to you to take the heart of stone and make it a tender heart of flesh. It's up to you to decide. He's not going to violate your will. But can you pray? I pray, take that heart of stone and make it a heart of flesh, tender heart of flesh. Lord, somehow begin to work the situations and lives of people in this congregation that they'd be drawn to you in such a way that their heart of stone would just maybe be changed. You can maybe give the opportunity. It's up to you to open your heart to grow in the Lord, to be a tree of righteousness, an oak and a planting of the Lord that would produce good fruit, fire fruit in the fire orchard. The church is needed more than ever to reflect that. Not anger, not resentment, not bitterness, not always fighting and striving to rebel against everything. That's a natural response. That's a fleshly response. The church of the living God is one that's tender and loving and kind. Stretching, looking for the living water. The roots in our hearts have to do that. But when we do, and when we as a body do it together, we become the fire orchard for people in this community, at least in this area. 
And that I believe we can do. Amen? Let's close with a word of prayer. Father, I want to thank you for planting us, for giving us an opportunity to walk this world, to live this life, to reproduce the fruit, the spirit for others to see. I pray, Lord Jesus, that those that have been dry would reach water today, the living water. Pray for those that have been thirsty that they would encounter Jesus in a brand new way, a way that would be life-giving. That even now, whatever stage we may or may not be in, Lord, we would begin to produce an abundance of fruit for you. To your glory, Lord, that we would be a testimony of what you can do in a life. Lord, you can resurrect a tree to life. You can bring us to life. From death to life, we want Jesus. I thank you. I praise you, Father, for all that you're doing in our hearts and lives. And on this Mother's Day, we pray that mothers would begin to bear much fruit all again. That once, one more time, Lord, there would be this, this beauty be seen in our children and as they grow. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for all the things you're doing in our hearts and lives. We praise you. We magnify your holy name. You are truly the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the ultimate gardener of our hearts. We give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' precious name. And everybody says... Everybody says, Hallelujah. You're listening to Maple View Community Church Podcast. 